Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. I do want to remind us that Missions Investment Sunday is on the 25th of this month, the last Sunday of the month. And what that is, is we're going to be committing as a church, what are we going to be doing for missions in the coming year or uh, as we go forward from these mission weeks. And so uh, we, we talk about our tithes. Our, I'm going to begin investing in, uh, in, uh, in my local church. If I've not started there and there's a, there's a spot down there, I want to take the 90-day tithe challenge. I, I, I want to I begin in that way. Maybe that's where you need to begin. But uh, mainly for this card is for those that are already tithing, uh, we want to consider investing in uh, missions and in our missions program. And as I've said, our missions program goes to supporting missions entirely. So uh, this isn't a part of our general fund. It is a separate fund. And out of that fund, we support missionaries and missionary work um, both here and around the world. So we would fully support, we would uh, uh, be privileged to support church planners here in, in, the, in the states as they, they get going, and we might support them for a period of time, maybe three years, and then reevaluate it as they get self-supporting. Remember what we learned on Sunday, an indigenous church, a church that is, is settled and grounded, is self-supporting, self-governing. Do you remember the last one? What is it? self-propagating or reproducing, all right? So those three, those three elements. That's why we, Grace Baptist Church, as we go to the 25th of this, of this uh, uh, month, which is our 39th anniversary, we really want to ask God in the next five years, God, would you allow us to plant a church out of Grace Baptist Church? Because we'd like to be self-propagating. We'd like to re reproduce Grace Baptist Church somewhere. We're not talking about a satellite. We're talking about uh, reproducing ourselves uh, somewhere else. And that might be in a city uh, within a two-hour radius of here. Next week, on Tuesday, several of us are going up to the Great Lakes 30, and that, uh, 30 by 30. And that all it is is a, a desire, a vision of pastors and churches in these Great Lake region states to plant 30 churches by the year 2030. And so we think about Brother Suglio, but Brother, uh, we can support and get behind and paint his building and do those things, but he's not out of Grace Baptist Church. He's out of Cleveland Baptist Church. Well, we want to have someone out of Grace Baptist Church, and you know what? That's going to take prayer. Uh, the Lord's going to have to do that because we don't see the way clear on that, but the Lord does. And uh, uh, planting a church is not about having all the finances or not being at a certain size. It's simply about obeying the, heating, uh, the, the leading of the Lord. So we want to pray that the Lord would enable us to do that, and until then, we want to stay uh, involved in church plants that are nearby. Uh, just heard today of another church that's not far from here, about an hour and a half away, that needs a pastor and is looking for a pastor. There's also the need of, need of that. We need to pray for laborers in the harvest field. How many of you have uh, noticed that the news is kind of um, preoccupied right now with what's going on over in England and in that area of the world? And uh, nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's, it's, um, it's good to be dwelling on something that seems to be somewhat, uh, you know, wholesome. Uh, Queen Elizabeth was an 
interesting, uh, interesting individual for sure. But I have uh, here, before we get into our study tonight, uh, I have the A.W. Tozer Study Bible, which is uh, all it does is it has quotes um, from A.W. Tozer. He was a preacher of days gone by um, as related on specific passages of Scripture. And I was looking in there today, and I came across this, I would say by happenstance, but uh, considering the, the time in which we are, are in the news, I guess not. And so I wanted to read it to you. You know, the Bible tells us Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray when they asked him how to pray, and we're going to pray here after a bit. Uh, well, what did he, how did he start out that prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven, help me, hallowed be thy name. All right, our Father, our Father. And so I want you to listen to this, and I thought this might be an encouragement to you. We need to remember, of course, that when we think of the, uh, of the vast and uh, just the mysteries that fill the universe uh, and all the other big words that uh, philosophers use to describe Almighty God, he is the same God who called himself, I am that I am, in Exodus 3 and verse number 14. And his son taught us to call him our Father, which art in heaven, Luke 11 and verse number 2. A king sits on a throne, he inhabits a palace, he wears a crown and a robe, and they call him your majesty. But we, when we see his little children, but when, when his little children see him, they run to him and yell, Daddy. And here's where I wanted you to, remember, uh, uh, to hear. I remember, A.W. Tozer talking, I remember when the present Queen Elizabeth was growing up. I've followed her life since she was a wee little tot. One time, when she was walking about the palace with her dignified but kindly old grandfather, George V, the old king left the door open. Little Elizabeth turned to him and said, Grandpa, go close that door. And the great king of England went and closed the door at the voice of a little girl. He couldn't pull any of that your majesty business with a little Elizabeth. She was just his granddaughter. And so no matter what awful terms the philosophers want to apply to the power that rules this universe, you and I can say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We can get intimate with God, and God loves it. The old dignified king smiled and closed the door. God Almighty is like that. He loves to have his people know that in spite of his greatness, his omnipotence, his power, he still said, when ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. He's a father to the fatherless, a husband to the widow, and he knows all of our troubles. This great and mighty God who fills heaven and earth will make our all our bed in our sickness, Psalm 41 and verse number 3. Who, it, it, uh, who is it that makes the bed, smooths the sheets, turns the pillow to keep it cool and gives uh, you life when you're sick? It's God. It's God who does it. If you only knew it, he is the God who told us to call him our Father, and God joyfully calls us, uh, calls himself this. And uh, I thought that was really special, uh, just thinking about um, Queen Elizabeth and uh, what a special story, but a, a good illustration of how we can go to our God. All right, Luke chapter, chapter number 10, and let's uh, study here for a few moments.
moments before we pray tonight. Luke chapter number 10. After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest field. Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse, nor script, nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. And into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house, and into whatsoever city ye enter, uh, they, uh, they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, read this with me, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you, but into whatsoever city ye enter, and they receive you not, go your ways, uh, go your ways out into the streets and say, uh, uh, and, uh, of the same, and say, even the very dust of your city, which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. That repeated message is very important. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For though mighty works have been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at, uh, at the judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted to the heavens, shall be thrust down to hell. He that heareth uh, you heareth me, and he that despiseth you despiseth me, and he that despiseth me despiseth him that sent me. Father, would you again help us tonight as we look into your word? Would you encourage us and strengthen us to do your work that you've given to us to do? Help us to be abounding in the work of the Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we've been studying this passage of Scripture where Jesus is sending out these 70, this is not his, his 12, these are other 70. We, we've understood that he wants to include more and more people in the harvest field or in the work of the Lord, in the work that he has called us and that he did while he was here on earth. Now, I want you to notice back up in verse number 10, or verse number 1, would you look at the first three words and say them out loud with me? After these things, once again, after these things. Now, I want us just to, uh, to step back and realize this was probably in the last year of Jesus' ministry. Things are winding down. Some would even say it was in October of the last year of Jesus' ministry before he would give himself as the Passover lamb. Uh, so it was the, the, the time was getting short. He, has, he was ministering, he was going to multiple places, but it says here he had planned in verse number one, he had planned to go to every city and place whither he himself would, would come. So there were still yet more cities and more places that he wanted to go and to minister and to bring, uh, uh, to reveal himself to those people. And so 
as, as things were winding down and he wanted to go to those places, he sent what we could call a front team that would go ahead and say, hey, the kingdom of God is nigh unto you. The kingdom of God is nigh unto you. And uh, really, speaking of who Jesus was and what he was bringing and really what he was offering to Israel, uh, though we understand that according to the determinate counsel of God and the, the free will of man, uh, as we see in, in the book of Acts, we see that Jesus would be nailed on the cross and would die in our place for our sins. And that was, that was a part of his plan. He was slain before the foundations of the world. How all that intersects, it's an amazing thing. I guess, I guess God will explain all that to us when we get to heaven. But he still had this plan. He was going and wanted these guys to go ahead of him. So the point of their message might have been a little bit different, but ultimately was announcing the Messiah and what he was coming to do, announcing his work, and they were a part of that. And so as they went, he gave them very strict instructions. He, he told them, listen, I, I'm, I'm appointing you, I'm delegating you to this work, I'm, I'm going to send you, and as you go, I want you to be praying, and I, as you go, I want you to be trusting and trusting in me for your care. I want you to be worrying about a bunch of things, I want you to be trusting in me uh, for your care. But as they, they were to be praying, Lord, would you send forth more labors into the harvest field? And I think it's very interesting that these 70, these 70 were... Uh, it was a 500% increase over the 12. There was many more than just the 12 that Jesus wanted to involve in his work. There's many more, and there's many more that he wants to involve in his work uh, right now and in our life. He wants to involve each one of us in doing his work. But as they went, let's notice a few things about how they were to approach this missions trip. This was a short term. This wasn't three, four, five years. This was a short-term trip that he was sending them directly out on. How were they to approach it? I want you to notice, first of all, they were to be unencumbered. They were not to be bound by many things. Uh, some have interpreted this passage of Scripture to say that you aren't to have uh, any, uh, any extra. You, you're, to, you're, you're not to carry along with you any, any money. You're not to have uh, any, any provisions. You're supposed to live a very, very uh, simple uh, life of poverty. And, and that's not really the point of this passage of Scripture, though some have uh, used this passage of Scripture to, to promote a lifestyle that they feel would um, give them merit before God. That's not the idea of this. Really what Jesus was calling on these men is, hey, I don't want you to be encumbered by a bunch of things. I want you to go fulfill the mission, and I want you to live a life of faith as you do this. I want you to live by faith. I want you to trust me that there will be provisions along the way. And what were they supposed to be unencumbered um, with? First of all, with resources. He says, I don't want you to carry a purse. And we're not talking about a lady's purse, okay? So, you know, but we're talking about a, a, a leather bag or a, a satchel uh, that, that typically you would carry excess funds in or you would carry, uh, you would carry um, a, a reserve of finances in. Now, which was a dangerous thing in those days anyway to carry along with you for um, thieves along the way and so on. But it was a money bag that Jesus said, I don't want you to carry along a money bag. The idea is, I don't want you to, uh, to get all your money together and, and carry along with you. Uh, I will take care of you along the way. Later on, he says in verse number seven, did you notice it? He says, when you go into the houses, you can eat, uh, stay there in those houses, remain in the same house, eating and drinking the things that are provided to you. But then he says this, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. 
for the laborers worthy of his hire. That would be expounded on later on in the, the New Testament and the epistles, but God's plan for those that preach the gospel is to live by the gospel, 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 14. Even so hath the Lord ordained, he's ordained it this way, that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Now, did Paul always live that way? That's in 1 Corinthians 9. Did Paul live that way in Corinth? Did Paul, by choice, tent make in Corinth? Yes, he did. So he was not chargeable to the Corinthians. But as, as that was going on, uh, Titus and, and Timothy and others came down from Macedonia and brought a love offering that in, enabled Paul. And if you look in, the, uh, in Acts 18, you find that it was what encouraged and gave Paul the ability to really invest himself in the preaching of the gospel there in Corinth. And really, that's when his preaching ministry um, began. But he did not want to be chargeable to them. But Jesus is saying here, hey, the, uh, you're going to go into these different cities and there are going to be some that accept your message and they will provide for you. You don't need to carry around along a, a purse. Now, we have debit cards today and so on, but they didn't have that in that day. They didn't have a, a financial system to, to tap into. So for them, it would have bogged them down with worry and with just kind of a, uh, some anxiety. i got to carry this along, but I also need to be worrying about thieves. No, Jesus said, just don't carry the purse. Uh, Jesus did not say, don't have any money. He did just say, don't carry the purse uh, with you. Later on, 1 Timothy 5, verse 18, this is again noted, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. The laborer is worthy his reward. And Paul is quoting that to Timothy, saying, listen, that's, that's how that happens in the context of the church. The laborer is worthy of his reward. And so that's why we want to take care of our missionaries. We want to take care of those that come through. We want to take care of those that are living of the gospel. And so in the work of the Lord, we can all often be cumbered about. We can worry. We can stress out. But the fact is, God says, no, I don't want you to. I want you to live a life of faith. I want you to focus on my work, and I will focus on taking care of your, your needs. I will take care of your resources through uh, those that have accepted the, um, the gospel message, those that have accepted the message of Christ. And so it's not the world that takes care of the preachers of the gospel. In fact, I, was, I preached a funeral for a largely unsaved family, and they wanted to give me a, a, a gift. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's customary in funerals in that way. And I, I said, no, no. And, and then they became a little bit, uh, I, I felt like I might, have, uh, might offend them. And so what I did, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to channel that specifically into a um, specific, um, I actually told them I was going to channel into our Adventure Kids Club because there was a, it, there was a connect there. And, uh, but I did not want to be chargeable to them in that specific, in that specific instance. And so um, the, Paul, um, Paul brings it out. Jesus brings it out here. Listen, uh, this, this matter is uh, very much uh, a matter of living by faith, going forward. God, yes, he will reward his laborers with, the, uh, with um, uh, the gifts of his people, with the provision of his people. And specifically here, as we see next in verse number four, they weren't to carry a, a script, and this had to do with their food provisions. Their food provisions. So uh, don't carry a lunchbox, don't carry to roll along an igloo with you. Is, it would be our modern, but it would be a, a traveler's bag with provisions in it. Uh, so they weren't to carry a purse, but they were to depend on others uh, to, for their food and so on. As we see in verse number 7, that leather traveler's bag usually containing uh, food provisions, but they were to trust that God would provide provisions along the way. Do you ever, uh, you ever wonder where Jesus and his disciples got their food? I was just reading this morning in the house of Mary and Martha. 
different places. The Lord, uh, the Lord was provided with food, but as well sometimes even going through the cornfields and taking advantage of the, the laws of that time, the, the laws of the, the children of Israel where they could, they could glean from the, the cornfields. So uh, Jesus, Jesus would provide for, his, um, for those that were involved in the work of the, on the gospel and his work. He would provide for them. And he says, I don't want you to be cumbered about with provisions. I don't want you to be focused on that. Uh, I will take care of you. Live a life of faith. If we focus on the work of the Lord, the, uh, the Lord will take care of our most basic necessities. And that's probably one of the hard things for us as Americans to just uh, rest in. The Lord will take care of the necessities. Now, think about this. We have watched the Lord uh, take care of things beyond our imaginations. How many of you have prayed for something that you've wanted or needed for a real long time and, and are still waiting on the Lord to, to bring that through? Okay, you probably have prayer requests that have been hanging out in your prayer list for a long time. Does it ever uh, uh, amaze you, as we've been praying about the Grenada Bible Project, how quickly the Lord answered that prayer? And have any of you been, um, maybe for a moment, said, Lord, why didn't you answer my prayer for this on my prayer list that fast? You ever wonder about some, uh, some of those things? The Lord will take care of his, of his work, and he does. And sometimes he causes us to wait because he wants to teach us lessons and so forth, but he will take care of our basic necessities. He will take care of his work. We must live a life of faith, and that's what he's telling these guys. Guys, as you go out, you need to live a life of faith. Uh, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Look at the birds. Look at the birds. God takes care of them. He will take care of you. We can trust him. One of the things that we need to learn to do is say, yes, sir, to the Lord when he's prompting us, trusting that he will take care of our needs. Well, Lord, if I do that, I might not have enough for this. Wasn't that a blessing what Brother Edwards talked about, the widow with Elijah on Sunday? As she said yes to the Lord and sacrificed out of that that barrel of meal, and that cruise of oil. What did the Lord do? He gave enough. He gave enough. Beautiful picture of the Lord providing for those that, um, that obey him in his work. So they were to be unencumbered by a, a reserve of resources, their money bag. Oh no, who's, you know, uh, I can't travel at this time because there might be thieves. No, nope, no worry because I'm traveling in light. Uh, not to be encumbered by extra provisions, excess provisions, and not to be encumbered, verse number four, uh, and notice, nor shoes. Now, what? Jesus wanted them to walk barefoot. Was that the idea? He said they weren't to carry shoes. He did not say they were not to wear shoes. The Bible has words in it for a reason, all right? So they weren't to carry a bunch of excess um, clothing and shoes, the wearables. They weren't to carry extras. Now, we think uh, that's not a big deal. Uh, listen, they didn't have Walmart at every other exit. If their, shoe, uh, if their shoes wore out or their sandal strap broke, uh, it was going to be a real problem. And by not carrying extras, the excess stuff, they could travel lighter, they could stay focused, they didn't have to move with a U-Haul everywhere they went, with U-Haul bags and so on. They could, they could focus on what God had given them to do. They were not to be preoccupied with the comforts of life or with their basic necessities, and clothing is a basic necessity. 
They were not to be preoccupied with that. God says, I will take care of that. And uh, they were not to uh, be worrying about the what ifs. Now, sometimes when we're told by God to do something, we get concerned. Well, what if this? What if this happens? Jesus says, just go do what I said to do, and I'll take care of all those what ifs. I'll take care of that. And friends, I'm telling you, uh, we as Americans have so much stuff. And I say that as an American. That it's hard for us to cut through and even receive a message like this or just look at the words and say, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know that I could, I, I'm comfortable with, with, with traveling that light or going into the work of the Lord that light. That's what Jesus is saying to them. I will take care of you. Trust me by faith. Uh, I want you to go unencumbered. I don't want you to be burdened down with a bunch of stuff. Be unencumbered. Um, yesterday in that meeting I referenced um, my pastor friend, uh, Brother Jim Alter, had uh, mentioned that he had uh, one morning when he had a, a guest speaker that was at his church and speaking and was staying there in, a, in an RV, if I remember the story right, uh, he said one morning he, he had just noted uh, at his dresser he had this bag of tube socks. And uh, he said, you know, I, I have this, but I don't really wear these tube socks. And he thought, you know, what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give them to my uh, my visiting preacher friend and see if he, he can use them. He wears cowboy boots, and uh, I'm going to give them to, to him and see if he can use them. So he knocks on the trailer. Once he had arrived there, he knocks on the trailer, and his little daughter had opened the door, and, and he says, hey, I want you to see if your daddy can use these. And her eyes just lit up, and he didn't really understand what that was all about, but she went running off and giving those to dad. Well, later on, the visiting speaker came to him and says, you know what's really crazy? Um, my family and I always gather around, and we pray for our basic needs. And I had just prayed this morning, just a few minutes before you had, uh, you had knocked in the trailer, and told the Lord that I needed some more socks. And my daughter realized that when she um, grabbed those from you. And you know, it's just a, a little picture of, the, of, of God's care for even our most basic necessities. And we need to trust him in that way. So Jesus wasn't saying, I, I, I want you to live like paupers. I don't want you to have anything. Does not God say that he's given us all things richly to enjoy? Does he not say that? He does. He does bless us with temporal blessings, but in the work of the Lord, these guys were on a mission. In that work, I want you to travel light. I don't want you to be encumbered. I don't want you to have a bunch of things. Be simple. Uh, they were not to burden themselves, as one man said, uh, with useless baggage. They were uh, to, uh, to be able to focus on going in the way. The Lord was asking for simplicity in their service towards him. And we might say, well, I could never do that. And I would venture to say we've idolized a lot of things in our lives. This is, this is the only, if I have this, this is the only way that I'll, I can serve the Lord. Whatever is in, in that, that point in our lives, we, we probably need to realize we put something as an idol before our Jesus. He says, go, and, but I gotta have this. No, he will take care of us, and we need to trust him and live a life of faith. But notice this unencumbered living or this un unencumbered going really needed to be accompanied with an urgency in their hearts. Look at verse number four again, and salute no man by the way. Now we think of the salute, right? The salute, you know, that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about a military salute. He's talking about a salutation, but specifically here, an Eastern greeting, an Eastern greeting that would indeed take a lot of time along the way. And so what Jesus is saying, I want you to go with urgency. I don't want you to be wasting time. I don't want you to be wasting time along the way. Now, remember, 
going in the area of Israel. They're going in that, that region. And so uh, it was an, uh, an Eastern culture. And as such, uh, the greetings would take much time. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a little bit of an etymology in this word, and, uh, it, which in the, in, it comes uh, in a Hebrew word, the idea of, well, you've probably heard schmoozing. Schmoozing, have you, have you heard that word? Someone that's just going to really talk it up. You know what I'm talking about? So there's a little bit of that, that concept in this word. And the idea is that, that it's to talk in a friendly way, chit-chat, uh, engage in idle conversation. Uh, maybe even uh, it has the, the connotation of, of gossip. But uh, just kind of hanging out and shooting the breeze is the idea of the word. So Jesus is saying, no, no, no. As you're going along, don't get caught up in, in meaningless conversations. Don't get caught up in conversations that, that are just going to waste time. In fact, Jesus had condemned the Pharisees for, their, uh, for the way they went about this. In Mark 12 and verse number 38, he says, uh, he says Beware the scribes which go, uh, go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplace. They just love just kind of hanging out and shooting the breeze and everyone, there's one of the scribes, there's one, and, and all the respect that came along with that. They, they love these endless uh, time waster conversations. And so Jesus is saying, no, no, I don't want you to get involved in that. Why? Because you have a mission. You have a work to be doing. You have to be And so he says, I don't want you to be doing that. And so these uh, lengthy and tedious uh, Eastern salutations were to be set aside and they were to focus on the work. They weren't to waste, waste time. Jesus calls on us to be focused on his work, not to waste time shooting the breeze. If Jesus were writing this today, he might, he might uh, comment on, on uh, our uh, endless conversations of, of you know, the stream of consciousness. And, and I realize my audience, there's, there's some... Uh, there's some variety to age here, but the, you know, we, we see a culture that's just constantly consumed with, hey, everyone out in the, the metasphere needs to know everything that, that's going on, and a lot of time wasting with conversations that don't, uh, don't really uh, do much for the kingdom of God. And so he says, I want you to focus in, on my work. Don't just shoot the breeze. Focus on what is important. And even as we go about into life, you know, uh, as we even go, uh, you know, out and witnessing and, and having conversations with the, uh, the community around us, we're not there just to shoot the breeze. We're there for a purpose and stay focused. Notice in verse number five, would you look at it with me? Into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall to you again. I'm not going to jump all the way into this, but Jesus is saying, I want you to talk to them about peace. I want you to announce this and really talking about uh, who he is. And I want you to be purposeful in your conversations and, and purposeful about the peace that the kingdom of God would bring. And so I want you not to waste time, but I want you to focus on the work. Look at verse 7 through 9. I want you to focus on the work. In that same house, you go in and you first say peace, announcing the, the peace of the kingdom of God and so on. Uh, but I want you to stay there. I want you to plant your roots. Don't, don't be picky about going house to house. The Jew, uh, Jewish people were picky about their food. He says, no, I don't want you to be doing that. You stay in one place. You eat whatever they serve you, and I want you to stay in that place. 
I want you to announce this message. The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Let's say that again. The kingdom of God is nigh unto you. I want you to announce this. Now do remember that the Jewish nation did have the opportunity to receive at this point the kingdom. To receive the Messiah for who he was. They rejected him. They rejected him um, fiercely. In fact, John 1 and verse number 10, he, uh, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Did the, uh, that's how they, they treated him. They, they rejected him. Goes on to tell us, but as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So they were to go say, hey, the kingdom is nigh unto Jesus was going to come into these cities and towns and he was going to present himself to them. They were to announce his coming. They were to talk about him, preparing the way for him. Their mission is similar in the sense that we still announce the, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has come into the world, that he is, he is the Savior of all mankind. And though there might have been just a little bit different focus as, as, as Jesus' earthly ministry was still going on, we still have the same responsibility to announce the Lord Jesus Christ to everyone. We're to stay focused on the work. I want you to turn to John 17 as we brought, draw this to a close. John 17 and verse number 3. John 17. What is this work that we're to stay focused on? Jesus talks about it, the work that he himself was involved in, the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord. We're always to be abounding in the work of the Lord. Are you abounding in the work of the Lord? Do we know what the work of the Lord is? John 17 and verse number 3. The Bible says this, And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. John 17 and verse number 4. I have glorified thee on earth, Jesus talking. I have finished the work which thou gave me. Had Jesus gone to the cross yet? Okay. I've finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Notice the eternality of Jesus. Now I want you to read verse number 6, the first phrase out loud with me. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. I've manifested thy name. What does manifest mean? What's that? Make appear to reveal. So I've manifested, I've, I've announced thy name, I've, I've declared who you are. Is that not a part of our responsibility to declare who Jesus Christ is? He is the Savior, he is very God that he's come into the world. So Jesus says, I've announced, I've, made, uh, I've revealed thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them, uh, them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Now I want you to notice verse number 8. For I have given unto them the words the words which thou gavest me. I've given them the words. I've, I've declared your word. I am, Jesus is, the very living word, is he not? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. 
And so he's given them the words. I've given them the instruction. I've, I've declared your words to them, and they have received them. Do you remember back to Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41? Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. They've received them. Peter and James and John and so on. And they have known surely that I came out from thee. What did Peter say? Um, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, no, flesh and blood hasn't shown that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. They've known this. Why? Because he's revealed the word to them. He's, He's instructed them. He's helped them to understand. And they have believed that thou didst send me. They believed on you. They believed on, uh, on, on who I was uh, as sent from you. I want you to jump ahead to verse number 18. After he prays what we call the high priestly prayer, all this is, but after he says, thy word is truth, on John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, verse 18, and thou hast sent me into the world. Even so have I also sent them into the world. So I want you to notice here as we draw this to a close, what is the work that Jesus wants us to stay focused on? Well, first of all, notice uh, it's the work of manifesting his name. That is what Jesus did when he was here on earth. I've manifested thy name. I've revealed thy name. What is that? That is a work of evangelism. That's a work of declaring the good news of who God is and what he wants to do. The plan that he has made. I want you to notice that he gave them his words, these that he had, he had manifested the name of God to, he's declared the name of God to, and he's declared the things of God to. He is now uh, giving them the very words of God. He is edifying them. He's building them up. What was the three years with the, uh, with, with the disciples? It was constantly discipleship. It was building them up, edifying them, growing them in the truth of God, growing them in himself, the very words or the word of God. And then he says in verse number 18, I've sent them out. I've sent them out to do what you sent me to do. I've sent them out to talk to others in the same way, to manifest your name and to edify them. What is that? I've equipped them. I've sent them out. I've, I've commissioned them. I've appointed them. I've, I, I am working with them so that they can go out and do the same with others, equipping them. What is this work? the work of the Lord. That's what he came to do. I've manifested thy name, I've given them thy words, and I've sent them out. That's the exact thing that the Lord has left us here to do. Manifest his name, um, to give them the words, to teach them all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and send them out to do the same. Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And so we must too engage in the work of the Lord. They were with urgency to to engage in the work of the Lord, not being encumbered by a bunch of things about resources and provisions and stuff. They were to trust the Lord, and they were with urgency to go to the work of the Lord. Do what God had given on them uh, to do. The responsibilities that he called them to do, they were to do it with urgency. And we are too. We are too. And uh, we'll say a lot more in the days ahead about this work of the Lord, but it's a wonderful thing. The Lord has involved us in this. He's, in, he's invited us into this, and he wants you to be involved in it. And I don't know about you, but that causes me to say, Lord, I need your help with that. Help me focus on your work, on the work of the Lord with unencumbered urgency, because sometimes I get encumbered. You with me on that? And sometimes I don't do it with urgency. Ah, there's tomorrow, but I'll tell you there's nothing like seeing death face to face. There's nothing like 
the reality that life is brief and life is uncertain that causes us to say, we must be doing this with urgency. Uh, today is the day to give the gospel to that person. Today is the day to engage in the work of the Lord. And so let's ask the Lord to help us with that. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be together tonight. And thank you for these saints uh, of yours that have assembled and have a desire to be engaged in the work of the Lord. And I pray that we would do it with unencumbered urgency, that we would not be worrying and fretting, but we would just trust you. You sent us, and so we can go trusting that you will provide the way, that you will pay for what you have commanded. And so help us, we pray. Right there in your seat, why don't you just ask the Lord, help me to focus on your work, Lord, with unencumbered urgency. Help me to manifest your name. Help me to give them your words. Help me to send them out, to encourage them to go and do likewise. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.